Hi, welcome back to Daily Manna, where we're learning to feed on God's Word chapter by chapter. My name is Brian, and today we are on Ephesians chapter 2. And so Ephesians chapter 2 begins with three negative verses describing in a graphic way the miserable condition of all mankind before salvation. And verse 1 begins like this, And you, though dead in your offenses and sins... You know, this condition of being dead in offenses and sins was one of death. So in this verse, being dead does not refer to death in the flesh, but to the deadness of man's God-contacting organ, the human spirit. You know, when our spirit was dead, there were three manifestations of this deadness. Number one, in Ephesians 2.2, it says, We walked according to the age of this world, which means that we walked according to the current and the fashion of this world. You know, a person who walks according to the modern current of this age is a walking corpse, or you can say is like the walking dead. He is like a dead leaf being carried downstream by the current in a river. But a little fish can swim upstream against the current because it is alive and living. A leaf can only be carried downstream because it is dead and lifeless. Okay, so the verse goes on. We walked according to the ruler of the authority of the air. The ruler of the authority of the air. That is Satan. You know, everyone likes to speak about freedom. Well, no one with a dead and human spirit is actually free. You know, for example, in their conscience, people know, people know that they should not steal, gamble, or do sinful things. But a lot of the times, they cannot help themselves. You know, there's an evil power that compels them because Satan is operating within them to drive them to sin against their will. And point three here, the third thing, the third manifestation is in verse three. It says, we conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh and did the desires of our flesh and of our thoughts. You know, the lust of our flesh are the desires of the flesh and of the thoughts. Oh, Lord Jesus, this is our background. This is our background. It's pitiful. It's horrible. Lord Jesus. But verse 4 says this, but God, but God. I can keep saying that again and again, but God. You know, God chose us to be the expression of Christ. And so verse 4 says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, made us alive together with Christ. We were not only sinners, we were dead persons. Sinners, yes, are in need of God's forgiveness. But dead persons are in need of being made alive by the life-giving God. Praise the Lord. And so in verse 10, these ones who were dead persons are now his masterpiece. In verse 10, it says we are his masterpiece. Or in some versions, it says we are his workmanship. But the word masterpiece is poema in Greek. And it means something that has been made, a handiwork, or something that has been rendered as a poem. You know, it denotes an outstanding work of art. That expresses the maker's wisdom and design. We are a poem of God to express his wisdom. Now God can say to Satan, 
Do you see this group of people? Hallelujah. Even though they were dead in offenses and sins, they now have been made alive. But God, hallelujah, they are my masterpiece. They are the poem that I have written in the universe. Marvelous, marvelous. You know, God has made many things, but none of them is as dear, precious, and valuable and desirable as the church. And the whole book of Ephesians, we must realize that this whole book talks about the church. And so the masterpiece of God is the church. The church is a poem. The church is God's masterpiece. You know, writers, composers, and artists often attempt to achieve a masterpiece, an outstanding work. God created the heavens and the earth, but neither the heavens nor the earth is God's masterpiece. God created man, but not even man is God's masterpiece. Only one item of God's work in this universe is his masterpiece. And this masterpiece is the church. Praise the Lord. And so just like any other poem, poema, poems are composed of letters. So what are the letters with which the church as God's poem is composed? What is the alphabet used in writing this poem? Well, in the last book of the New Testament, the book of Revelation, we see that the triune God, the Father, Son, and Spirit, is himself this alphabet. Check out this verse. Revelation 1.8 says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God. He who is and who was and who is coming, the Almighty. You know, Alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet. And Omega is the last letter. So not only is God the first and last letter of the alphabet, he is also the other letters, all the letters between Alpha and Omega. He is the letters used to make up the words that compose this poem. Just like poetry is composed of words written with letters of the alphabet, guess what? So the church, as God's poem, is composed of God himself as the letters. Wow. We have been saved by grace to be God's masterpiece. Hallelujah. He saved us from a pitiful condition to be his masterpiece, his poema. Keep enjoying the Bible.